morning, everybody. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible together out loud, chapter by chapter. Here we are, 1 Samuel chapter 26. And yeah, this is kind of one of these deja vu moments, right? Uh, so, you know, last chapter, fascinating with Abigail. We have a real moment of uh, David needing to be saved from himself. It seems like there's a big turning point with the death of Samuel. And you're thinking, okay, so everything's going to be really different now. <laughs> and like the next chapter we get, it's like, hang on, what? Didn't didn't we already do this? So yeah, uh, it's David. This is what you have in the ESV, right? David spares Saul again. Uh, so is it just kind of the same thing all over again? Um, are there some important differences this time? Well, there's certainly some different characters involved. Doesn't uh, happen all the same way. So this will be interesting to to think about, because I think there are actually some pretty significant differences when you compare the stories. Joining us today, we've got Pastor Lucas Witt, pastor at Emmanuel uh, Lutheran Church in Baltimore, Maryland. Good morning. How are you doing, brother? <laughs> good morning, AJ. And uh, actually, over here on on the East Coast, it's actually good afternoon, believe it or not. So we're, we're a few That's weeks into right. the future. <laughs> That's, I mean, I guess it's because it's, I mean, literally like five minutes afternoon, right, over there? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I know you're just rolling out of bed over there in California, but, I mean, you know, we're, <laughs> we're, we're here for, we're looking forward to the siesta over here. Yeah, uh, yeah well, oh, yeah, no, that's right, the siesta, that's right. Um, I'm, I mean, I've been up since five, but, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, no, 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 definitely, it's, uh, the siesta would be welcome right around that time. Um, so, I mean, so how are you doing? How is, uh, I mean... It just it feels you know mentioning the the time difference just some sometimes feels like the East Coast is just a different planet or something. Um, yeah, I can't say I've been on uh, on the the West Coast too much, but out here it's definitely uh, faster paced, um, and uh, people out here are, are trying to get back into step. I'd say um, there's lots of uh, lots of discussions on the street about uh, the upcoming election. Uh, lots of politics out here. We're not nearly as as uh, intense as Washington D.C., but um, definitely comes up more in Baltimore than I was used to in the Midwest around the St. Louis area there. Um, and a uh, big, a big thing right now on the streets as well is uh, what are the public schools going to do uh, later next week? They uh, they're going to talk about uh, are they going to start doing something in the building, some hybrid learning, uh, or is it going to stay online? So, uh, yeah. so some some big things happening here in uh, November to uh, to uh, make life interesting. Oh, certainly. And I, um, yeah, I mean, and those same sorts of conversations, I think, are, are happening over here. A lot of the same thing with a lot of schools actually already having reopened and um, some people saying like, whoa, hang on a second. Other schools haven't uh, been opened yet. So, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, all these things seem to be going on all over the place. A little bit of a, uh, I don't know, like a leveling effect, it seems, uh, with just all of us kind of going through this kind of same thing that's just kind of bigger um you know looking at a chapter like this uh where it's uh, david and saul here they are again the the transition of power and who's going to come into power and when i that that, that seems to be central here right i mean the last time they saw each other saul said that he acknowledged that david would one day become king yeah, I mean, there's definitely, uh, <laughs> like you said, it seemed like we hit a hit a point of a, a bit of resolution uh, a couple chapters ago, and here we are doing something very similar. Uh, and they both have, you know, they both have their chess pieces of um, opportunity and uh, and also vulnerability. 
Um, so it's interesting to see uh, what they decide to do and uh, what guides their thoughts, um, whether it's their own or God's. And and uh, it seems they, they both have those moments um, where you can see the the impact of, of the Lord amongst them and uh, and also clearly the impact of their own uh, thoughts and ambitions as well. I'm looking forward to digging into this. Um, before we do, though, would you go ahead and uh, start us off with a prayer? Yeah. Let us pray. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given to us in our Savior Jesus Christ. He lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. All right, so... Okay, we, we mentioned, uh, well, I was mentioning the chapter before in 25, um, and then uh, before that we had the, the other scene where David spares Saul's life. Um, anything else from the context worth thinking about? Um, perhaps, you know, who is Abner, who actually sort of features a little bit more prominently in this chapter? Things like that. Yeah, well, you do get a few characters here. Um, I, I always try not to uh, spill the beans and jump too far ahead, but, um, you know, you've got family connections here, right? You've got uh, yeah. Abner, who's uh, the, you know, the general, I guess how I think of him, the general of uh, Saul's army there, and he is um, given the uh, primary responsibility of guarding over Saul, and uh, we'll see today if he does that to his full capability and ability. Um, maybe he, he has a bit of a uh, Garden of Gethsemane experience here. Um, mm. uh, feeling a little sleepy today. Uh, but then on, on David's side, I mean, he's got, he's got family around him too. Um, I mean, Abishai is uh, the guy who ends up uh, spending a little extra time with him today. And uh, he's, uh, what, he's David's nephew, um, believe it or not. His sister must have been, David's sister must have been a bit older uh, than him, but uh, you have Abishai, who's going to figure prominently. He's going to be uh, maybe the chief of the 30 mighty men who do amazing things in battle, so you're going to hear about him. Um, and then you, you also have Joe, I bit, mentioned a bit too, who uh, I kind of put him in the, in the general role going forward. Um, so you've got a few names here that uh, they're, they're going to show up, and they're going to keep on showing up uh, next to their kings. Yeah, well, and uh, it's... It's helpful to to try to try to keep these names straight because it it can it can start really blurring together and then you start getting some really kind of um kind of weird questions start coming to mind. Uh, <laughs> for for instance, like we we didn't have a chance to talk about this like too much. Um, but for example, like in the previous chapter in, in chapter twenty five, uh, you know mentions at the end David also took Ahinoam of Jezreel uh, as a wife and someone may have thought to themselves, now hang on a second, doesn't that name sound familiar? Of course, that's the name of Saul's wife. Um, you know, and uh, I, I guess, I didn't, I didn't even, like, wasn't aware of this, that some people, like, speculated that there was, like, you know, that, like, we have identity there. So it's like, there's a lot of questions sometimes of, like, you know, hang on a second, is this the same guy? Is this a different guy? That You know, same name, right? You know, um, differentiations of, like, place names. So, you know, it's, uh, it, it can be a bit, uh, confusing at times, but yeah, seeing that family connection with uh, with Abner and just re recalling that to mind particularly, and then like as you were saying, also um, some of the other characters on on David's side, it's uh, 
in some in some ways like we haven't really had these sorts of kind of like you know i don't know what one family lining up on one side and one family lining up on the other um you, you know like since maybe even like uh, chapter 17 with david and goliath there's there's a lot of ways in which this chapter kind of feels like it's uh following on the on the heels of that but uh without uh introducing this to death let's just go ahead and get into it here got first samuel chapter 26 in the English Standard Version. Then the Ziphites came to Saul at Gibeah, saying, Is not David hiding himself on the hill of Hakilah, which is on the east of Yeshimon? So Saul rose and went down to the wilderness of Ziph with 3,000 chosen men of Israel to seek David in the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul encamped on the hill of Hakilah, which is beside the road on the east of Yeshimon. But David remained in the wilderness. When he saw that Saul came after him into the wilderness, David sent out spies and learned that Saul had indeed come. Then David rose and came to the place where Saul had encamped. And David saw the place where Saul lay with Abner, the son of Ner, the commander of his army. Saul was lying within the encampment while the army encamped around him. Then David said to Ahimelech the Hittite and to Joab's brother Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, who will go down with me into the camp to Saul? And Abishai said, I will go down with you. So David and Abishai went to the army by night. And there lay Saul sleeping within the encampment, with his spear stuck on the ground at his head. And Abner and the army lay around him. Then Abishai said to David, God has given your enemy into your hand this day. Now, please let me pin him to the earth with one stroke of the spear, and I will not strike him twice. But David said to Abishai, do not destroy him, for who can put out his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? And David said, As the Lord lives, the Lord will strike him, or his day will come to die, or he will go down into battle and perish. But the Lord forbid that I should put out my hand against the Lord's anointed. But take now the spear that is at his head and the jar of the water, and let's go. So David took the spear and the jar of water from Saul's head, and they went away. No man saw it or knew it, nor did any awake, for they were all asleep, because a deep sleep from the Lord had fallen upon them. Then David went over to the other side and stood far off on the top of the hill with a great space between them. And David called to the army and to Abner, the son of Ner, saying, Will you not answer, Abner? Then Abner answered, who are you who calls to the king? And David said to Abner, Are you not a man who is like you in Israel? Why then have you not kept watch over your lord the king? For one of the people came in to destroy the king your lord. This thing that you have done is not good. As the lord lives, you deserve to die because you have not kept watch over your lord the lord's anointed. And now see where the king's spear is and the jar of water that was at his head. Saul recognized David's voice and said, Is this your voice, my son, David? And David said, It is my voice, my lord, O king. And he said, Why does my lord pursue after his servant? For what have I done? What evil is on my hands? Now therefore, let my lord the king hear the words of his servant. If it is the lord who has stirred you up against me, may he accept an offering. But if it is men, may they be cursed before the Lord. 
For they have driven me out this day that I should have no share in the heritage of the Lord, saying, Go serve other gods. Now therefore, let not my blood fall to the earth away from the presence of the Lord, for the king of Israel has come out to seek a single flea like one who hunts a partridge in the mountains. Then Saul said, I have sinned. Return, my son David, for I will do, I will no more do you harm, because my life was precious in your eyes this day. Behold, I have acted foolishly and have made a great mistake. And David answered and said, Here is the spear, O king. Let one of the young men come over and take it. The Lord rewards every man for his righteousness and his faithfulness, for the Lord gave you into my hand today, and I would not put out my hand against the Lord's anointed. Behold, as your life was precious this day in my sight, so may my life be precious in the sight of the Lord, and may he deliver me out of all tribulation. Then Saul said to David, Blessed be you, my son David. You will do many things and will succeed in them. So David went his way. And Saul returned to his place. It's uh, really interesting, I think, when you compare this story, not just to uh, when David spared Saul's life in the cave, but then when you compare this, I, I, I feel like to the story of David and Goliath, there's, I think, some, like, some, some kind of strange similarities or maybe unexpected similarities uh, between that chapter and this one. Just like... Uh, the idea of like there being like this like this valley or this like big divide against them, them calling out to each other. Um, you know, at the end of chapter seventeen, David ended up with Goliath's sword, um, and here he winds up with Saul's spear. Right? Like I, I don't I don't know if like if those are the connections we're meant to be seeing, but like I, I feel like there's there, there's something there as well. Um, I don't know. Like what what are the connections that are kind of popping out to you as you go over this? Well, you always always keep me on my toes. I'm never quite sure where you're going to connect. Um, <laughs> but I, I definitely see some you have there. Uh, that's for sure. I mean, I, yeah, I I was spending quite a bit of time um, trying to figure out, okay, what is scripture writer trying to uh, bring out? What what's the deeper layer here? This seems so similar to chapter 24. Um, what you know, what what is the deeper level there? Trying to figure that out. So uh, that's where I was trying to focus my time um yeah uh, well you yeah, know and uh, and then we want to you know get to some of those those deeper things like yesterday uh was really good when we we're looking at abigail just thinking about all the christological um you know uh connections there just that the idea of you know th- this is the one with whom the father is well pleased and uh and things like this but we'll uh well, we're we'll we'll trying to look at first, you know, kind of the connections just between the, the chapters that we have. And I think that those will hopefully then help us establish some of the things and the thoughts that you were having as you were kind of going uh, further afield here. So we'll, we'll we'll see if we can tie it all together. Um, but we'll uh, always start at the beginning since it's such a good place to start. <laughs> so uh, taking a look uh, at the top, the, the first thing that happens... Saul gets this uh, this message from the Ziphites, and um, in case somebody's like, "Hang on, the Ziphites." This is yet another name. Uh, we we remember that that uh, David has been hiding out in the wilderness of Ziph, right? So, I mean, these are the guys who have David in their backyard, and as we've kind of seen again and again, 
no one really cares to have David <laughs> in their backyard. It's sort of a liability. So uh, they, they go to Saul and, and, and say, you know, hey, there he is. We found the guy. Um, and, and Saul just comes down uh, with 3,000 chosen men of Israel. And now, so now that is like exactly the same. Why, why do you suppose that it just, I, I don't know, uh, Saul just goes like right down there the same way with his, th- like his, you know, three, uh, three battalions of elite troops, like just without any hesitation, it seems. Well, it, I'm trying to find the spot here. Um, I was thinking somewhere I got the, it seemed to present the idea that in the background, you know, a while here that, uh, Saul was, was looking for David, um, you know, before this and, and just kind of hoping to snoop him out. Now, maybe that was just an overview um, mm. of kind of what's been happening here for a while, but I was kind of wondering, huh, I wonder if that's kind of laying the ground of, you know, Saul's, you know, before what? He's now under uh, an oath, pretty much, right? Uh, he told David last time, you know, like, okay, you know, I, you, you were that close to me. I see what you've done. Um, you've, sh- you've shown you could have killed me and you didn't, so, you know, I'm not going to kill you. Um, yeah. And obviously being the, the unstable guy that he is, proving to be uh he he's just he knows you know he knows the word of god and he's not able to follow through with it um and so i'm i've been wondering how long has he been still go back to pursuing david um kind of snooping around and and uh trying to find out through his network um and then when the when the ziphites come who yeah clearly are, are no friend of david here um whether it's something personal or whether it's uh, allegiance to the king or or like uh I forget the the hot potato term, you know, just want to want to get the hot potato out of their area that yeah. David is. Um, you know, they they come up and uh and and I get the feeling Saul's been ready to kind of pounce back whenever David comes back on the radar. Um or or, yeah. or clearly he just kind of goes, you know, maybe back and forth, right? I mean, I think there's a lot of a lot of human overtones here where, you know, Saul and David, you know, they have their their days of uh, you know, they they're doing better walking on on God's path and they're they're the days that they uh, <laughs> they are not so well, which we saw, you know, David before um, coming after Nabal there. So uh, I wonder if Saul's just kind of been snooping around and waiting, and and now the Ziphites have said, you know, here he is, come get him. Yeah. Well, and it wouldn't it wouldn't be the first time, right? I mean, and um, I mean this this is sort of interesting, like as a, just as a similarity here. If you go back to chapter twenty three, so like the first time that that Saul goes with um, th- this. Uh, this elite troop um, to go, and, and David ends up sparing his life. It says there in verse uh, 19 of chapter 23, then the Ziphites went up to Saul at Gibeah, saying, is not David hiding among us in the strongholds at Horish? Um, I mean, it's very similar. Uh, I mean, like, in, in, in some ways, you, you start to wonder, like, hang on a second, like, is, is this <laughs> the same thing here? Um it is, it is slightly different language. Like the verb is a little bit different. Um, you know, David has shifted locations within the wilderness of Ziph. Um, so, so you have. Um, I mean, there's there's definitely some similarities like that. But but also, I mean, this isn't even the first time that someone, uh, or that wasn't even the first time, right? That someone had just kind of blown David's cover. Uh, because I'm trying to f- see where this was here. It was. Uh, it was earlier then chapter 23 but it may have been with a situation with uh Kiila, if i refer a call here um let me see here in chapter 23 here 
Yeah, so... So, I mean, you, you see there in the first part of the chapter, right, that after God tells him um, that the Keilites are going to uh, surrender him, hand him over, right, um, it just says that uh, Saul was told that David had escaped, right? Um, so, I mean, like, people are telling Saul what's going on here. Uh, so th this is this is at least, like, the third time, it seems, that someone is saying, like, hey, uh here he is <laughs> come come and get him so i mean it just it just keeps happening but you're right like why should this just happen again when they have a, a like a pact between them that they establish at the end of chapter 23 that uh david was going to spare saul's family his house his sons right, right? and saul was uh going to leave him alone i mean this is really nothing new when somebody you know, isn't really focusing on the the integrity that, uh, that the Lord gives us. I mean, we there are pacts and treaties that are signed all the time, and I'm I'm thinking now of um, you know, I, I don't nothing too deep, but you know, North Korea and South Korea were getting along for a while, and I mean, so it's really nothing new that uh, you know, after a while, it's just kind of like, well, you know, I know we said that before, but I'm not feeling it anymore, or you know, things have changed, or. Um, you know, there, there's there's always some. If you want to find some reason to do something, you know, we we usually can. <laughs> uh, you know, and so Saul thinking, well, he's after my my throne and everything I have. Um, you know, it's probably not too hard to, of him to think. Well, I know I said that at the time, but uh, <laughs> look 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 at what he's really doing. And I mean, he just. I've got this kingdom in a, in a good place, and he just there's no way he's going to be able to uphold what I have. It's just going to be you know. Look what he's done to me. He might do that to other people. So I mean, we can rationalize so many things. So, um, you know, when when Saul has uh, you know has had you know spirits tormenting him, you know, sent by God, um, and things like that, why, you know, for him to change his mind uh, to any extent seems seems pretty possible when you when you go through Saul. Well, and, and I think that he's already broken a covenant, right? Um, we, we saw that with Jonathan, right? Like when, when Jonathan, yeah. th this was, this was chapter 19, I think that when Jonathan confronted his father after he had, you know, said like, Hey, let's, let's kill David. Um, he, he speaks up on his behalf and yeah, it, it, where, where is it? It's in chapter 19, let not the King sin against his servant, David, he goes on. Um, uh, and then, you know, it says here that David listened to the voice of Jonathan. Saul swore as the Lord lives, he shall not be put to death. You know, so I mean, like he's he's made promises before, and then it seems like, well, I mean, of course, then you know, after that, you know, he's got the spear and he just throws it. This time, the spear is going to be taken from him. But, but yeah, so in many ways, it's just kind of like it just seems like this just keeps happening, and and I think this is maybe why people, or part of the reason why people just say, oh, Saul is just you know uh, outright evil, like he never intended to keep any of these promises. Um, you know, he just says things he never like, but he's, he's never really repenting. It was always insincere, but I, I guess this is kind of the question as we look at the beginning now of this chapter, right? Like, is this just Saul? I, I don't know what, like he never really meant it. Is this just Saul? Like he just can't help himself. Is the situation somehow different? Um, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, like I, I get your, what you're saying about, you know, just kind of like, people say things right and then we in the next moment we change but what do you think is going on with Saul though in particular 
I mean, I think I remember Hugh, uh, you know, taking a bit of a stance before and saying that, uh, you know, you thought Saul was uh, repentant and basically meaning his words before. Um, and I really take the same approach. Uh, I, I I don't look at Saul as being uh, just a big liar um, and, and trying to be all cunning and everything to to get to David at all costs. Um, I take him as as uh, I guess I see a lot of similarities, <laughs> maybe to me, but I think a lot of people I have discussions with um, that uh, you know we 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 have our we mean well, we have our days, and uh, you know part of our 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 shortcoming as sinners is. Uh, you know, in our times of weakness, um, we we struggle to uphold what we what we say and what we do. You know, I I do the things I don't want to do, and I I do the things that uh, I don't do the things I want to do. Um, you know, it's confession uh, for a lot of people every Sunday. Um, so, well, yeah, well, I I I think I agree, and um, I think there's maybe a couple things more to look at in terms of what exactly were these oaths that that Saul took. Uh, might be helpful, but it's uh, already time for our break here. So everybody, hold on. We'll get back to 1 Samuel 23 in just a minute here on Thy Strong Word. Be right back. Wednesday, October 7th, 2020. KFUO Radio thanks our day sponsors, Wayne and Elaine Muskoff of Belleville, Illinois, as they give thanks to the Lord for the blessing of marriage. Wayne and Elaine made a gift to KFUO in thanksgiving for the many blessings the Lord has bestowed on their family and in honor of their 59th wedding anniversary, which they are celebrating today. Thank you, Wayne and Elaine Muskoff, for helping us share the gospel and for being today's KFUO day sponsors. This has been quite a year, a lot of uncertainty, but there is one thing you can count on if you're a member of the Concordia Plans. Your benefits through the Concordia Plans are always with you to help keep you physically, emotionally, and financially healthy. Protect yourself and your family by signing up for your healthcare benefits, along with additional insurance and saving for retirement. Choose your 2021 benefits November 2nd through the 20th at concordiaplans.org slash myaccount. You hear our voices every day as we speak the gospel, share the latest news, or for insightful and sometimes entertaining talk. Why not share your voice with us and send us your feedback, suggestions, and questions? Leave your comment at 314-996-1542. Be sure to follow us on social media, too, so you can like, comment, and share your favorite posts. Drop an email to kfuo at kfuo.org or send a snail mail letter to Worldwide KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're looking at 1 Samuel chapter 23, joined by our guest today, Pastor Lucas Witt at Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Baltimore, Maryland. If you've got any questions for us and you're listening live, questions or comments, give us a call, 1-800-730-2727, or if you're in St. Louis, 314-821-0850. You can also send an email to kfuo at kfuo.org. Or you can hop on the live stream, facebook.com slash AJ Espinosa. Um, I want to talk about, you know, the, the, so it's taunting. See, so the, the taunting 
is yet an- I think another connection between here and chapter seventeen, right? Um, I mean, so I don't know, like how how this seems to just kind of like be David and Goliath in some ways, like uh, over again. This is just interesting. But so the question on Facebook: um, Does the taunting of Abner hint of a past beef between David and Abner? It's it's a, that's an interesting question. Um, and then the other question here is: uh, Is it a big deal that David takes Saul's spear? Usually we hear about a soldier's sword being their main weapon in ancient times. Psalms, Saul seems to be a spear guy. Um, I mean, he certainly likes to throw it around uh, his court, it would seem. <laughs> so that doesn't make you a spear guy, I guess. Nothing nothing would. Yeah, those are, those are some good questions. Um, turn to those in just a second. I want to thank our underwriters at the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Thank you guys for your support of Thy Strong Word. Their website, lhfmissions.org. All right, so I wanted to turn back to the, to the thing we were talking about, this, like, whole, you know, is Saul, like, making these promises with his fingers crossed behind his back or something? All right, so let's just kind of briefly, you know, review this here. So you've got you've got a couple situations, right? So the, the, at least the first one that I recall um, is that Jonathan speaks to Saul in chapter 19, Right. And and there he he actually it says here at the beginning, you know, Saul spoke to his servants that they should kill David. So he like gives them orders. And and we reviewed this here when they when they when when uh, McCall says, Oh, he's sick, right? They're like, Oh, but he's sick. <laughs> so he's not telling like this isn't a secret hit that he's putting out on David. Um, especially given like what we see again and again where David's like, What did I do? It seems to be clear that Saul has put him up on charges of treason, and he wants him to stand trial. So in, in that instance here, it seems like Jonathan has convinced—I don't know, this, this is interesting, I think. When, when Jonathan talks to him, and then he says, uh, as the Lord lives, he shall not be put to death. I mean, I mean that is—that's that's pretty, when you think about it, that's actually kind of narrow— um, I, I mean, like that, that actually, in fact, might just mean, well, once we get the guy, right, he'll be punished, but not the death penalty. I, I mean, like, I, I mean, when you really kind of like look at it in, in terms of its context, like th- this could be kind of narrow. Um, and then, and then, so similarly here, when you, when you look at, uh, chapter 23, the, uh, uh, and, and the situation there where they have this, <clears throat> they make this pact. At the end of, uh, or uh, rather, this is uh, 24, end of chapter 24. What's, I'm trying to just get like the actual like words there though. I mean, because it's, it's, I think to your point about human nature, uh, isn't it always the case that we look back on our promises with kind of like extra scrutiny, like, well, what did I actually say? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it, was that language actually in the contract? Um, <clears throat> So, you know, you have a swear to me, therefore, by the Lord, that you will not cut off my offspring. Um, and so David, you know, swears this, right? Uh, and before that, though, I mean, does actual <laughs> does Saul actually promise David um, anything? <laughs> you know, I mean, like, you, you look over, you always know, like, is this your voice, my son? David, you're more righteous than I um, you know, you've declared this day, you know, may, may the Lord says, you know, may the Lord reward you with good for what you've done to me this day. 
you shall surely be king, right? You look at it carefully here. He hasn't actually sworn anything. Uh, it says David swore, right? Not not to you know cut off his house, uh, but Saul's just said, you know, hey, like. I don't know, like live long and prosper, basically. And when you look at his words here today in 26, he's kind of saying the same thing. So, I mean, like, if I, if I put that all together, like, I don't actually see a promise that, that Saul's breaking. I mean, it is if, assuming he's come out to capture him and bring him back to, uh, to Gibeah to, like, you know, stand trial for whatever these charges are. Yeah, that's fair. I, at the end there, I guess I kind of, uh, what, David— swore this to Saul in, what was it, 24, 22. So yeah, I guess I kind of made an uh, assumption there as, as you know, Saul went home at that point. Um, but, but, you know, but but David is keeping his distance and actually went further away, I think, at that point. So um, <laughs> why did David go away? Well, because Saul didn't actually agree to anything. He just turned around and left. Uh, you know, but uh, I, I, you make a good point. There's there's a lot of weaving in here um, from, from many chapters and uh, yeah, so what, what actually has Saul agreed to? That's, I mean, that's, that's a good question. Um, I'm reminded of—I um, forget which guest it was. It, it, might, it might even actually been brought more than once. But um, I think it was—now I'm trying to remember if it was World War One or World War II. Um, but it, it actually it may have happened during both the World Wars. But there were moments where um, when Christmas came around, both, there was just a ceasefire. Um, and, and this is apparently something that's kind of happened like throughout the centuries, in fact— that mm-hmm. for certain holiday, uh, holidays, uh, people would just actually like like war stopped. It's like no, we're not gonna we're not attacking them on Christmas Day, man. You know, like there, there there was just like a, a certain level of okay, but this is bigger than us. But that doesn't mean that they're not gonna like you know the next day after uh, go at each other, or perhaps like after the twelve days are over. Like, I guess I don't know what the stipulation is on that. You know, like if it's, if it's Protestants and Catholics fighting, like what does that mean? So, anyways. Uh, but, um, you know, for, or for that matter, uh, you know, I brought up, um, you know, earlier, like the, the scene in the, I think it was like in the, I think it was in the Odyssey. Um, it could have been, I guess it could have been the Iliad actually, when I think about it, um, where the like, two men are fighting and they end up exchanging armor because they, if they find out that they have some, you know, brothers, cousins, twice removed connection thing going on, but it's like, okay, well, I won't kill you now, but Hey man, if I run into you again. I won't hesitate. So th- this this actually this, this kind of gesture of okay, not today, right? Sign from God, uh, something bigger going on, and we walk away. But that doesn't mean that I won't come after you tomorrow. Is actually kind of common in the ancient world. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of an example. I know I've seen that before too, where you have two two people you usually expect to uh, to fight, and they. They kind of walk off, yeah, and say not, you know, not today, but next time, like you said. I remember you mentioned right. that before, for too. Um, it always gives me a sense of uh, of things are a bit different when I when I think of uh, the battle lines being drawn up. You know, today when I think of you know people going out to battle in wars, it, it seems a lot more you know distant and and you know maybe covert and and I guess we just have you know bigger guns and bombs and such. But you yeah. know to think about. Um, you know, how they would line up from each other, you know, across the valley and just kind of... Exactly. <laughs> I was trying to picture, like, you know, what does it look like when Goliath comes out each day, you know, and he's kind of, like, walking out and being like, yeah, you know, right. listen to me talk a while, and, you know, <laughs> nobody's thinking, like, you know, like, 
go now. <laughs> yeah, just you know? shoot him now. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. Yeah, um, you know, just thinking of you know what the the Revolutionary War and the Civil War, you know. Civil War, especially, right? Losses were, were massive because they just, you know, stood across from each other and, and had at it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, how does that figure into communication? Um, it, it, it's a to- totally different world to me. Um, uh, thinking about that way, but it it also helps think about this situation where people can, you know, they stand across from each other and and follow these, I don't know, gentleman rules. Um, yeah. And say like, you know, well, not today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, and, and I think that that's really helpful the way that you just kind of painted that picture, you know, just as a different world, as you were saying. I think that's right, that uh, we just, I don't know, I think as modern readers, we think to ourselves, Saul is such a mean guy. Why doesn't he just leave David alone? <laughs> you know, like, well, you know, like, like you know, hey, he was nice to him. He should just, you know, call the whole thing off, you know? And we're just, like, we're just not thinking about everything in, ter- like, these ancient terms, right? Like, Saul can't do that you know i mean like it just in his situation you know like kind of it's like kind of competing warlords who have different obligations right like you know ziff that, that that's under saul's protection you know um if they come out to saul and say hey this guy that you charged with treasons hiding in our backyard he has to go after him right i mean this is like a like how, okay, so here here we are, right? So this is like how Commissioner Gordon, right, has to go after Batman when someone calls the police station, right? I mean, like, you know, he finds some way to, like, not actually arrest him in the end or something, right? But, like, at least for the sake of appearances, he, he has to, like, follow up on it. So, I, I mean, like, there, there really is, I think, kind of like a lot more obligation and, like you were saying, kind of gentleman rules and uh, rules of, of patronage and all this stuff that are kind of going on that just— make the situation very different. And, and I think that, yeah, Saul basically has to go out for David. Maybe it's not actually to kill him. Maybe it really is actually to try to capture him. Um, so in any case, like, I don't think you have to read this as like, I don't know what, like Saul is just being mean or it's like the same thing all over again. And in fact, I think the one of the big differences, well, besides Abner, and we should think about that for a second um, in, a, in a moment here, but uh, when David decides to go down to Saul's camp, he does not cut off a piece of Saul's robe or something like this. This, this is interesting. But he takes his spear and his water. This is, this is different from the first time that David went down, um, you know, like all stealthy-like. What, what, are you, what are you making of this difference? Because I think this speaks to something. Yeah, that's one. So I have, I have a lot more questions left than I wanted uh, coming on this morning. That, that's that's for sure. Because um, yeah, I mean, similar situation, right? He's going up there. He has the opportunity, and uh, and and decide. Well, okay, peaking you know a verse or two into the next chapter, it seems like yeah. David is is still convinced that uh, that Saul's going to kill him. You know, no matter what uh, we think Saul's intent might be. Um, yeah. But you know, he coming in there, he he sneaks in. <laughs> I love when the Bible does this, when uh, you're thinking, I wonder if David is, you know, like sneaking in, you know, Abishai, they're, they're that sneaky and that good, or if God's helping them out, you know, and then Scripture says, and God put them in a deep sleep, and you're like, oh, okay, I wondered about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, Dave, uh, Abishai, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a good warrior, right? He, I, think, uh, I think somewhere in Scripture it says he killed like 300 men with a spear um, in one day, 
and uh, so you know he he's ready to do what he does best. <laughs> he's a yep. good warrior. So yep. you know um, when he's going to pin Saul to the ground, it's not you know pin the tail on the donkey. Um, no, it's, <laughs> oh, it's yeah, no, I, I I love what he says. Right, you know, let me let me pin him to the earth with one stroke of the spear. I will not strike him twice. I, I mean, as if like to say, I'm going to do it in one. I will not have to like you know use the spear a second time one's gonna do it i mean like he's just saying i've got this david it's gonna be fast uh yeah i mean he's like he's ready to do his thing right he <laughs> again he, he does it his way you know um when they say what you know hulk's a big guy when they, they say hulk smash because that's what he does best so you, you right. go to what your good weapons are uh so you know david i can't help but think he's uh you know especially with the spear in front of him, thinks, you know, here's a spear that's been, been chucked at me a few times. So um, yeah. I, I think uh, when was it Pastor Martin yesterday kind of kind of gave me a, a new perspective of, of how David could have said, you know, I wasn't going to hurt Saul when I cut off the garment, but then in his despair that he seemed to have last chapter, he was kind of like, oh, I, you know, I had the chance to do this. Next time I am, you know, to get me out of this misery. Yeah. Um, and then he sees that, that spear in front of him, and it's, it's kind of like a... Uh, in uh, what the, the well, the original third episode of Star Wars, when Luke Skywalker is kind of like defeating Darth Vader, his oh, father, yeah. and suddenly he yep. chops off his hand, and yep. he looks at the chopped off hand that he just did yep. to his father, and he looked at looks at his hand that his father chopped off from him is now um, you know mechanical, and he's kind of like, oh, <laughs> I've gone too far. Um, yeah, no, that, that, that's right. Well, no, no, I, I, and I think that that's um, I think that's very much like what happened last time in chapter twenty four where um, David realizes he's crossed a line, he's gone too far, even cutting off um, that part, like the hem of Saul's robe. And, and, I, and I think that, that this time, it seems like he's actually learned a lesson, and he does not in any way, right? Um, it says here, like in verse 9, who can put out his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? I mean, it just, it just sounds a lot like what he learned in chapter 24, uh, at the prompting of his conscience, uh, a lot of what Abigail said, that David needs to be guiltless as a ruler because he stands for something more than than just, you know, Judah or, or just, you know, his, his family, the family of Jesse or anything like this. You know, he, he stands ultimately for the Messiah. Uh, so in this way, he's like, I'm not, I'm not, literally, I'm not going to touch him. Right, like I'm not cutting off like the the hem of his robe, like nothing on his person. So I, I think that in some ways, by taking the spear and by taking the water that's at his head, it's kind of like he drew like the like the chalk and, and on the sidewalk, the chalk in the street, like around him almost, you know, uh, as to say like mm-hmm. I got this close, but I did not touch you. And, and so that that seems to me like to, to be a little bit of the difference, right? Whereas like the first time, it's like it, it seems like there is something that David feels guilty about, like you know, okay, he cut off the hem, but like was that just kind of part one before he, you know, he cuts off? I mean, I mean like you were just saying, right? Like Luke cuts off Vader's arm um, first to disarm him, and so that he can then kill him, right? So it, it's not the same thing at all, I think, as cutting off uh, that part of the robe. No, but I, I like uh, what you said. That's probably the, the one biggest difference I noticed in, in all this is how last time David dared touch, you know, maybe not him, but the, you know, the garments. And, uh, yeah. you know, he, 
you could say he's progressed, uh, at least in the moment. But I, I like that. Yeah, I like the illustration, draw, drawing the chalk, you know. I'm not touching you, but there, there's the line. I didn't cross it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, well, well, okay. So then, so there's the line, and I didn't cross it, right? So, so I, I think that that's a really uh, nice way of putting it here, because what, what does he say, right? So, okay, so he, he goes then, takes his stuff. It says they went, uh, they went away. Uh, they go to the, uh, what is it here? They over the other side and stood far off on top of the hill, right? Great space between them. This, this feels very much like David and Goliath, right? Where, uh, man, I just need to like actually find the thing from first Samuel 17. Um, cause I feel like that language is very similar where it's like, there's like, they're on two different sides and there's this great space between them. Let me see here. It was, uh, so yeah. So back in chapter 17, Yep. So the Philistines stood on the on the mountain on the one side, and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side with a valley between them. The language is insanely similar. Okay, I'm just—is there anything that you, that you you're thinking about here, like with making these connections, this kind of line in the sand sort of thing with chapter 17 on one hand, and then what we have today in chapter 26. I feel like you want to draw something out of me, AJ, and you're hoping I see what you see. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I really mean, get just, that feeling. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't. I mean, like, I guess I'm not. I'm not totally. I'm not totally sure. Like, I, I actually, I don't think that a lot of people who read this like make that connection. But I, I, to me, it just feels like it's just kind of begging you to make the connection. I think, especially with Abner, it's like Abner has not been mentioned more than once in passing since chapter 17. Right. In, in chapter 17, Abner's mentioned all the time. Um, so you've got, you know, what, what is it? As soon as saw, uh, Saul saw, it's my favorite tongue twister there. As soon as Saul saw David go out against the Philistine, he said to Abner, the commander of the army, Abner, whose son is this youth? And Abner said, as your soul lives, uh, O king, I don't know. Um, and so, you know, Abner took him, brought him before Saul. Um, so, I mean, like Abner's like, you know, a few times mentioned there in connection with identifying David. Um, but, but then it's just like the only other mention of Abner has been like, uh, what was it? It was like in chapter 20, it says like Abner was sitting at Saul's side. Um, I mean, so I just feel like the, the, the way this is all being pieced together, is just like, Hey guys, it's chapter 17 again. Yeah. What is it there? Verse 25, you know, the Lord gave you into my hand today. That makes me think of, you know, the Lord, you know, he basically said the Lord will give you into my hand today. So yep. I, mean, I, I, I see, a, I don't know, kind of a <laughs> different side of the same coin, I guess, where you have what David, who is um, no matter the circumstances or at least in these battle circumstances, you know, he is he is being faithful to the Lord and the Lord is on his side. And he is he's very sure of that, honestly. I mean, if there's one thing he's confident of. Um, it's that, you know, God is on his side against Goliath and, and against Saul. Um, uh, but yet, yeah. in that situation, he's very willing to go against the one who resists God. And here he, he is very unwilling to go against the one who the Lord has anointed. But I feel like there's something deeper there that you're, uh, you're, uh, you're still wanting to dig out there. I, I think we got to keep our shovels out, man. Um, I, I think, I think, I think there's something. We're getting close, but okay. So, so look at what Abner says, right? Um, 
you know, so what, what, what's he say, right? Will you not answer Abner? Then Abner said, uh, who are you who calls to the king? Okay, so th this is interesting because not only is it Abner being mentioned here, but this is like the same, it's like the same conversation <laughs> because uh, Saul says, whose son is this youth? And then Abner says, as your soul lives, O king, I don't know, right? So, <laughs> and, and then the king said, inquires whose son the boy is. This is a parallel conversation, right? Abner does not answer. Like, he, he, he like, you know, this is what David's saying. It's like, will you not answer, right? Um, and, you know, and who are you? This is what he's saying. Like, I don't know who this guy is. This is like what Abner said the exact same time. And, and then it's end, it ends up being that Saul has to be the one who's saying, like, okay, well, then, like, who is it? So it's a, it's a parallel conversation. As you said, um, you know, David, both times, in chapter 17 and chapter 26 here, says, you know, God gave you into my hand. He says that to Goliath. He says that to Saul. Um, it, it, I think then, I mean, it, it seems like you have all this stuff, and we should be seeing then Saul as, I mean, I mean, ultimately, you, you draw this picture, like Saul's Goliath, right? I mean, I mean, Saul is has aligned himself as the enemies of the enemy of God, and, and David, in fact, it sort of suggests it in a very modest way, right? But like, isn't it interesting that like what he says there? Um, he says, "If the Lord stirred you up against me, may he accept an offering." I wonder what that means. Like, I, I feel like a. Uh, you know, it's like like may may he accept an offering you know for my guilt or something like this, mm -hmm. um, but if it's men, may they be cursed before the Lord for they have driven me out this day that I should have no share in the heritage of the Lord saying go serve other gods like, I mean isn't that interesting? Isn't David suggesting that this exile is tantamount to people forcing him to go worship like you know Dagon and the rest? Yeah, I think that's exactly what he's saying there you know if you're if you're gonna cut me off from um you know not just maybe the inheritance of my family by keeping me away um but uh you know even even being around the kingdom and, and god's presence and his inheritance of the land yeah i mean to be in a place is really to be you know connected to gods that that was a worldview they had back then so um it, you know david does spend some time with the philistines uh, yeah. as well so that you know that, that makes this you know even more uh, complicated um, but yeah, to be, you know, to be elsewhere is to be, you know, we know God fills heaven and earth, but he's, he's in a land where he is surrounded by, he's in the land of another God, you know, in the world yeah. back then, um, that'd be Philistines as Dagon's, Dagon's land. So right. that's an interesting take, uh, Saul as Goliath. I'm gonna have to chew on that one there. Um, well, I mean, at, at least is like, uh, maybe not necessarily as, well, I, I, I'm, I, I guess in some ways, you know, David himself isn't suggesting that, right? Like, his, I mean, he is being polite <laughs> because right. he's saying, you know, if it is men, that is to say, if it's men who have stirred you up against me. So, like, I, I feel like this is, like, in some ways, David being like, well, really, it's uh, it's Abner. I mean, like, because right? isn't it interesting how he throws Abner under the bus? I mean, so this this comes to the Facebook question, right? Is there some kind of beef between him and Abner, right? I I don't know if there if there is, 
what I'm what I'm thinking actually is David is honestly trying to like in good faith without impugning the honor of Saul say Saul this this like you know you're you're bent on like coming after me right it's not from God so who O king right the Lord's anointed is putting this into your head not God is it Abner right is it Doeg right like who's the traitor right who is like making you go after me um because it because it's not God I mean like I, I feel like when he says this and says like hey the thing that you did Abner that's no good you you are gonna let him die which is a huge contrast right because in some ways I think David's actually saying I am more loyal to Saul than you are yeah yep I was just thinking that that uh, by pointing out contrasting himself with Abner yeah I mean the guy who's supposed to be most faithful to Saul and, and protecting him and everything I mean David is kind of showing that guess what out of all these people around here guess who is the most faithful to Saul who guess who has shown that in the last you know 24 yep. hours plus me exactly <laughs> even yep. more than Abner so I mean I, I think it, it's an incredible rhetorical move here and, and by and by doing this right um, I, I mean, like, I, I feel like this is actually like negotiation in, 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 I mean, in very good faith to say like, Saul, haven't I, like, haven't I proven myself, get rid of the traitor who's, who's telling you all these bad things about me. Maybe it's Abner, maybe it's Doeg. Like, I, I don't know, but you know, it's, it's not God. Um, you know, in some ways it's a, you almost think like if like the foul breath, right. That, that, that comes from, from Yahweh, it says, is that Abner? Right, like who's whispering these things? You think of uh, who is it? Is it is it uh, Wormwood, who's like saying all those things, like in uh, the Lord of the Rings series to uh, uh, the King of Theoden, right? And uh, well, anyways, before we get too many fantasy allusions and <laughs> into one thing, but I mean, I, I think you just anyway, you just see this. It's it's an amazing picture here of David has just had this experience himself, right, where he has to be saved from himself, and and I think he's trying to do the same thing now for Saul. Right. Like say like, Saul, don't give in to that. That's not you. Be better than that because you stand for something bigger. You stand for the Messiah. You stand for the Christ. And uh, like all these men are struggling in this way to to shine that light. So, uh, well, I I, I think we were on to something and I think we got to keep pushing. Thank you so much, brother, for just kind of putting our heads together and looking at stuff that uh, the stuff today. It's always fun, AJ. I'll keep my spade out. (laughs) <laughs> Sounds good, brother. Everybody, Pastor Lucas Witt, Emmanuel, Baltimore, Maryland, going on to chapter 27 here. Speaking of Philistines, tell that I'm Pastor H.S. Espinosa. Peace. The official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Thy Strong Word.